0: Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless.
1: Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the Mystery of Parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good morning. You are listening to uh, the Mystery of Parenthood, and I am Trey Cashin, and that would be Stephanie, and she's going to begin with our prayer, as always.
2: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray pray for for us. us. St. John Paul II, pray pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, with tomorrow being the... um, the anniversary of Humanae Vitae, we thought that we would have a, a, a guest that would would help us. And also given the fact that the mystery of parenthood has been based on, and I certainly we've, as a couple, and me personally, have been impacted by the theology of the body, um, the mystery of parenthood is about how we can concretely, in and through our bodies, um, living out the sacrament of marriage can uh, make visible the invisible i thought it was going to be good and 70 i thought that it'd be great to have monica ashauer back because monica is amazing and, and we love her and we're glad that she's um can be here but i thought that it's particularly since Humanity's anniversary is tomorrow and and that theology body is so important to what we do and she has tobit which she spent most of her life uh professional life i guess working on on theology of the body and how to explain it and how to make it come alive in lives we thought we'd have her on to uh, kind of link those things together for us so steph we're going to welcome monica ashauer who's a hopefully be a, a, pretty much a standard regular guest here <laughs> to talk to talk about humana vitae and uh, and the um <laughs> theology of the body um Monica, thank you, Trey. How are you? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Oh,
1: so great to um, have with
0: you. you and Stephanie. How, good to you know be with you on the show. Yay. exciting.
3: Well, well,
1: so I mean, it, for you know, you and I ended up going up to the same program, so we love reading these, and and it's obviously had an impact on you, and it certainly has an impact on on me, and and I think Stephanie, um, at least via my <laughs> trying to bring break his breakdown breakdown of it, but but um. So I think I think to start off maybe it would be good cuz some people may not have had the the um privilege of having read through the theology of the body and or humane vitae. So with it being the 50th anniversary, I guess maybe we'll start with can you give us a breakdown of what human vitae is and and what it's important is to, to us as we kind of start off on this?
0: Absolutely. So um Humana vitae which means on human life the encyclical given to us by Pope Paul VI and he gave it the next day of what we're talking it's it's going to be tomorrow July 25th is the 50 year anniversary and so it's especially ripe time for us to talk about that well what um, what Pope Paul VI gave us was I don't know it's almost a miracle, I would say, right. because there was such pressure from all over, wayward theologians. Like, you know, there was an ad taken out in the New York Times. Uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure for this Holy Father to cave in and say, oh yeah, let's, let's let the Catholic Church get up with the time and change the age-long teaching that contraception is not good for the human person, that it's wrong. You know, and and so, as you two know, the 1930 Anglican Conference, that was the first time that any Christian denomination said it was fine.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: You know, Martin Luther and and John Calvin, they called it vicious to to use contraception. Now, when I'm saying this, it's not to be judgmental or mean-spirited to many people who have never heard this message before. But the reason why I think I wanted to establish that is to show how this man, Paul Six like had this onslaught against him, you know, Griswold versus Connecticut in, <laughs> in
3: 1965
0: basically said, nope, the United States is going to allow the dissemination of contraception now before the culture, all of the culture was against contraception right. until the sexual revolution. And so with that humane Vitae document, some people call it the contraception document, but it's actually on human life. And we might not only say it's on the human life with regard to the unborn child who gets to be conceived if the couple doesn't use contraception, you know, potentially, but let's talk about just on human life in general, right. especially the the life of the spouses. Um, and so Pope, um, uh, uh, what am I saying? Pope Paul, Paul VI right. gives us that. And then I'll show you a little link, and then I'm going to let you too, because I know y'all probably know a lot more about Humanae Vitae than I do. But um, at one passage, it's Humanae Vitae 7, he um, asks for a total vision of the human person. And so the total vision of the human person is St. John Paul II, Pope John Paul's, his theology of the body. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, throughout this next hour, I hope to help cover. What that means—the um, total vision of man—and how Pope John Paul focuses on just a couple of passages from Humanae Vitae. So, what else do y'all remember about *Humanity*? Well,
1: Vitae? I, the thing I remember is all of the, you know, <clears throat> predictions. Yeah, I was that, about to say that, that's yeah that that's, he that he that he made, mm-hmm. and and how many people laughed at him because they didn't they didn't you know there wasn't a logical connection in the way they the way that people were thinking at that time um and i think that speaks to to even us today that when we have the truth and we're able to we we can see forward if things are kind of off kilter and be able to actually you know i think these to so there be a, a objectification of women Divorces divorce, would go yeah. up. I mean, a lot of these things that people thought, well, if contraception, he wouldn't have too many. He wouldn't have the financial troubles, and so marriages would be better. Is kind of some of the logic that I that I recall, and he was kind of going smack dab against that. And people said, "What does an old man in Rome know <laughs> about <laughs> about about that?" Yet, if you look at his predictions, and and they have come to fruition, sadly, and. I was just saying that I think that extends to us as parents and, and and as Catholic Christians, that when we have the fullness of the truth, we should be able to see forward, not like as if we're having some vision, but applying the truth and the natural consequences of this is deviating from what is true of good and beautiful about a human person, and if we follow that path down the road, this is what's going to happen. Does that mm-hmm. make sense or' that's, that's kind of the one the things that jump off the page. To me, that yeah, I recall, it,
0: it, it makes total sense to me. Um, in fact, I um, will send you um, an email with a kind of a diagram, a chart I have uh-huh. about the predictions and the fallout of contraception. Like, in, including um, Pope Paul, what a brave thing and uh, kind of prophetic saying the coercive use of reproductive technologies by government. Right. He predicted that. Yes. And then, yeah. What do we have now? And I'm sure <laughs> like people and and, and, I, and
1: people would laugh. You know, <laughs> I'm yes. sure they laughed at him. No, they're not going to do that. That's not.
0: Yes, exactly. And what does the United States force you know uh, us to do with the HHS mandate? Is to provide contraception hey. and free sterilization. And and remember, the most ironic thing is, their the government you know is going against the little sisters oh. of the. Poor.
1: Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? No, I know. It's. I mean, it's crazy, and people would have never have ever fathomed it. And you could actually almost commiserate with the people who would kind of chuckle when you know the pope would say something like that. But it just shows us that we have the fullness of the truth, and and that we can see if we get off track, we can go forward and and say this is going to be a problem and that we need to bring it back to the truth. And it's what's good for people, not, not as, like you said, it's not to point fingers or call people's names. It's like, what's the best thing for, for us and all the people who, who live with us? And we have a, an obligation to do that. And hopefully this mm-hmm. is what the show, this show, in particular, and this show in general, both helps people who listen understand that there is a link between theology and everyday life. It's not something that's disconnected it's not meant to be something that's disconnected and hopefully this show specifically and the show in general is not afraid to go up into the clouds, so to speak, of, of theology and try to f- bring it down into the concreteness of everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what right. I hope we do and here. And speaking of that, <laughs> I wanted to ask Stephanie, you as a mom, like how, how do you address this? And at what age do you start addressing contraception? Because, you know, hopefully junior hires don't need to hear about it. But because of the culture, you know, and I don't know um, what you think might be the best thing oh, to start introducing them. So,
2: us. well, we – i i frankly, I think it's very funny that um, I used to have friends that couldn't believe that we took our kids to play, pray at Planned Parenthood because – you know, oh my gosh, you abortion, you use that word and those pictures sometimes that they hold up. And I'm like, okay, and what are you letting your children watch on TV? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just such mm-hmm. a disconnect sometimes between, wait, the, you know, <laughs> this, is, this mm-hmm. is a reality that we need to be um, praying for. And obviously you do have to know your child and you have to know how they would be um, affected by certain, you know, certain images and certain things. But, um, but really more than you know more than contraception we really started talking about um y- you know your body as a temple and that started from y- when they were little too <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. uh, i mean just and it sounds silly but little girls sitting in a dress you you sit where your you know legs are covered you don't sit well you know i mean it, just, it was just mm-hmm. little things like that that you protect your body um, you know, that your body is special and, and, you know, we, t- we talked about it in kind of an immoral, a, a moral fabric I used for the girls. I used their Barbie dolls. I mean, it's like, wow, is your Barbie doll dressed really nicely? I mean, any time, mm-hmm. any way that you could, a cartoon that came on, I mean, it, you just, you make it a part of your everyday um, conversation, the the morality of, of your body and protecting your body and that your body um, is unique and unrepeatable and special, and um, and a temple of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit.
1: And I think you know, Stephanie and I both mm-hmm. have. And we've talked about this before, but we've really tried to say that the the, the whole human sexuality discussion is not a moment in time. Right. It's a it's, it's an ongoing. It's an ongoing from the very beginning. Even with right. even even saying teaching them saying language so they can communicate when they have struggles because they're hungry instead of whining or throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> Teaching them how to communicate, I'm hungry, or I, yeah. I would like more. With their body, with their body, is is <laughs> is essential to the conversation that says what we do with our bodies, or even saying, beginning to say you know, if you roll your eyes and say yes, ma, yes, ma'am, that's not that's yeah. in other words, your body has to. <laughs> purvey and it's match what you're saying and and even those type all of those type of things are a precursor and a foundation that i think Mm -hmm. you have you you need to be doing over time so we always say it's a conversation that begins with sign language at the beginning to you can't roll your eyes and say yes ma'am or you can't hit somebody and say i'm Mm -hmm. i'm sorry and not mean it um those type of things are all leading us that direction yeah. i think Stephanie like- yeah
2: i just remember um <clears throat> madison was uh, i don't know probably between 8 and 10 somewhere in that age range and it was when those um oh gosh now i'm not going to remember what the name of um those those
1: oh, the, was the Rugrats? or no was there, it was, was
2: the it was the dolls that that they didn't yeah they were they were they were a type of barbie doll but it was um um They wore Brats. That's what they think, Dennis. Brats. So even the name. um, And someone gave her, we never bought it for her, but someone gave her one for her birthday. And gave her like the car and the, I mean, it was like the whole nine yards. And this doll is dressed so inappropriately and had a ton of makeup on. And so we had a great conversation around. And she was old enough to have that conversation around, you know, is this... What you know is this something that you want to portray as who you are what you I mean would you wear something like this? would you no, mom no, you know, and so we got to take it further into well, but if you're playing with it, you're condoning what this doll looks like and what it does, and even the name, like I said, is just awful, and so um and it it was so interesting, we let her sit with it for a while. And um, she didn't make a decision right away, but then she came back and said, well, can I, can I sell it and use the money to buy something else? And we're like, absolutely. You know, so it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. those sound like silly little examples of of like micromanaging stuff, but it's just instilling all those Mm -hmm. values about your body and, you know, I mean, you know, what you do with your body and, and, and you know, who you're with. With I mean, it, it's just, it's such an all-encompassing, ongoing. I, I used to always hate when I'd hear mom say, oh, you got to pick your battles. And I'm like, uh, it's the small battles that win the big wars. Mm-hmm,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I would agree. And it does sound, you know, people have heard uh, about Tobit's The Body Matters, that, you know, right. starting in preschool through eighth grade. And it's, it's the exact same thing in what you're saying, Stephanie, that, you know, um, by starting at a young age, to say, hey, is this what you want to represent yourself as? Mm-hmm. And and the wise, when they're old enough, like even deeper, like men see mostly with the eyes, a woman mostly with the heart. Mm-hmm. That's from theology of body. And then, so what does that mean on a concrete day-to-day basis? And then mm-hmm. I love the stuff about rolling eyes, and <laughs> but the body is saying something different that reminds me of like every month when I present to 36 engaged couples for the fourth diocese, and by the way, many, Aggies are now driving up to Dallas or awesome. uh, rather Fort Worth for that. And so it's awesome to see mm-hmm. them. The way I put it is the language of the vows, language of words on the altar needs to be matched by the language of the body mm-hmm. in the marital bed.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so when they're saying something, I will love you freely, fully, faithfully, and fruitfully, which by the way is from humane Vitae, mm. the freeful, faithful, fruitful. Many people think it's theology of the body. No, it's from Paul six in Yamane Vite. Wow. And then, let's say they contracept um, in in their uh, marital um, em- embrace, then it's exactly what you're teaching your children at a young mm-hmm. age that you're telling a lie with the body mm-hmm. when your words and your bodies they don't match. Mm-hmm. So it's just things like that that y'all are spot on. Right. You're spot on. Well, so, that's that's because uh, let me know if you want me to go deeper uh, into the humane vitae stuff.
1: So go ahead, Jay. No, I will. I but I but I, this is this is why I'm saying when we when we started parenting, I I did a I did a we kind of got involved in a in a Baptist one that had a really big impact on it. But I started soon after that at at um the IRPS program up at University of Dallas. And one of the first things that we did was reading John Paul the Second. And it, the the idea of sacrament, which is the foundation of what the mystery of parenthood for us is about was basically you've got to have the you've got to understand what the truth is about God and about man about human sexuality about what it means to be married and to be a parent but that that actually has an impact moment to moment and so foundation you got to lay down certain principles and so if that that principle is the body matters what you say needs to match with how your body is presenting what you say and that that's what that's where it is and that's right from the center of what it means to what a body means but anyway i just think that's what we've tried to do and what i hope this show will do today is let's give some concrete ways that people can begin to see that there's a way to begin to have the the talk so to speak <laughs> yeah. that begins way before you ever address anything about sexuality that the foundation has been laid in the way you've raised uh-huh. them to say you you can't say one thing and then act another way. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a well, lie. And
2: I think about, you know, when we finally did have the actual concrete discussion, it was not like I remember when my mom did it with me. It was shocking, you know, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, what do we've never had these words or this talk before. So when you lay that foundation, just you know, it's just like chipping away, you know, you're just, you're just, Uh Or it's not chipping away. Actually, it's depositing. (laughs) You're depositing, (laughs) you know, little nuggets of morality along the way so that when you get to the big guns (laughs) and need to talk Uh about things like contraception and sex, you know, outside of marriage and and, uh, those kinds of topics, it's not like, oh my gosh, you know, and some, you know, Uh gym giggling um right you know <laughs> conversation
1: yeah my favorite i'll yeah. and i'm gonna get back to you because you're on here because you're <laughs> you're the expert but but <laughs> but w- the way it was put was there was a there was a situation where a doctor was asking the kids in front of stephanie whether they had talked to them about about sexuality about oh, sex. at their 16 at their year old and my, at, at my six one of my 16 year old boys looked at him and go we talk about that over sushi <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, it, it's, it's common. Funny, in our yeah. Ass. Well, I mean, it's just something that kind of it just flowed. Not that, and that that sounds weird, but it has been so commonplace in terms of just it's something so sacred and so special, right. and so built into who we are, and extends beyond that act itself to just the entirety of our lives. That that it's it's something that we can talk about. I mean I remember getting up a couple of times and going, "Would that conversation have ever happened at your house?" I'm like, "Sure it wouldn't have happened at mine i mean but but it was a positive one, and so it's not it's never been something that has been what I recall the same type of thing. Oh my gosh, Dad's talking to me about this. <laughs> I got it, Dad. No, you know, because yeah, you're trying I'm to. Good. They're uneasy, and you're uneasy, and the kids are. And the, I'm, as a kid, I'm going. I hate to see my dad that way. And it's probably about yeah. three years, four yeah, years too, too late. late. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But yeah, go go ahead and keep going. I just, like I said, I think that it's laying the deals. But at mm-hmm. the foundation of it is an understanding of the theology, of the body, and what it means to be human. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a springboard from mm-hmm. there. And I know you made right, a, you right. make a connection between about Avita in the last chapter of the theology of the body as well, so uh-huh. maybe, we can, uh-huh. maybe we can head that direction.
0: Yeah, let me let me dig into that, because um, I don't think most people pay attention to just a few things from the theology of the body. It's like, for those of you who want to look it up, it's theology of the body, 118, um, colon 5. And so what Pope John Paul says is he says, I intend to explain one passage, and when he says that, he means of humanity at greater depth. And he says a central passage of the encyclical. So that's Tier B 118. And then what he quotes is what Paul the says is the inseparable connection willed by God. Okay, so in, a, in other words, it's part of the design of the body between the two meanings of the conjugal act. So the key word I see for that is meanings. And then uh, this, the other um, part of what Paul the Sixth said is, he says, by its intimate structure, the conjugal act, by while most closely uniting husband and wife, capacitates them for the generation of new lives, according to the laws inscribed in their very being, of man and of woman. Okay, so those are just that's it. Those two passages from Humani Vitae twelve is what St. John Paul takes, so Humane Vitae 7 says, we need a total vision of man, and that's the theology body, especially the first part, then he, del- he like, sets up the theology body for the last chapter to address, like, Humanae Vitae 12, so most of us are like, what is he talking about, but, so let me kind of try to boil it down, so the key words in those passages are the two meanings of the conjugal act, and then the intimate structure, when he says structure, he means like the nature or the objective truth of the action of marital intercourse in, in this context. And so marital intercourse to go by the proper structure has to be free, full, faithful and fruitful. So that's the intimate structure of the act of uh, marital love. But what and another way of saying that is the way God designed things. But here is like a, a, one of the I think Pope John Paul develops dogma, so when he says the meanings, the personal meanings, I take that to mean that the couple, what he calls, rereads the language of the body spoken in truth. So the rereading is, you might say, like a personal experience. So let me let me go back to the other one to to help you to see both. So what I think Pope John Paul is trying to do is not to say it's the intimate structure, the objective truth of God's law, and you better just obey it, and that's it. But what's also at stake is one's own personal experience, the way Pope John Paul would call it, um, is the subjective and psychological dimension of the person. And so those two things are brought together. So uh, you might look at it this way. Augustine talks about marital love. The purpose of it is the procreation and education of offspring. Thomas Aquinas, you've probably heard me say this again, 800 years later, he brings in the unitive aspect, but again, more on the part of objective truth, I would say. 800 years later, Pope John Paul, in response to Humana gives us a theology of the body where it's also the personal experience that brings up, um, you know, the experience of love. And so that is part of, you might say, the, uh, the positive faith. That's one of the main reasons why contraception is wrong. Not because that it only violates the unitive and procreative dimension, but because the person doesn't get to experience the truth of the fullness of love. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but it's just like amazing to me that he, he focuses on what you are missing out, not this is a mortal sin and listen to God's law. It's like don't you want to experience love?
1: And that's and that's exactly I think critical to in terms of evangelizing what we have to get mm-hmm. back to. Not because I think too many people and many people my age, older and maybe even younger, have left because they because they think, okay, the church is teaching this and they're condemning me. And it's because I'm a bad person, and I know I'm not a, you know, that type of attitude, and therefore I leave, as opposed to saying, hey, this is for your good. This is something that is going to make your life better. The, 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 what the culture and what the world is trying to tell you is actually going to diminish your experience of the fullness of what it means to be human and to be alive. And Mm. so, yes, I mean, I think that like, You know, for for us, I mean, there are many people, and we have lots of friends that have more kids than we do. But you know, I'm amazed that you know people. Once you have, I think once you have three, you start stepping into nowadays that, and they're like, "How can you handle?" And I said, "You know, you. I can't imagine not having that many. But the experience of having that many kids means that you learn about sacrifice. You learn about that sacrifice does not necessarily mean." it may be difficult but it actually joy flows from not being able to do things for the sake of somebody else and so the truth objectively you begin to ex- like i think like you said experience it in the day-to-day reality so you can share with somebody yeah yeah i'm still happy i still smile and yes i do have six kids i know you can't believe that but 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 it is because i'm actually Living the fullness of what it means to be And that happens to be consistent with what the truth is To the extent that, I've, that I live that out fully, I guess But But by being open to life I'm put in a situation where I have to learn to Let go of some things that I Probably didn't need to have in my life anyway And then as I give myself to my wife and to my kids I begin to experience a joy that's flowing from Saying no to something that I wanted to say yes to because of that, and, and I think that that runs counter to what the world oh, is is selling. The world yeah. is selling, you know, you need to fight for yourself. You need to yeah. protect your own. Selfishness versus you know, self-gift. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and living it out does, and I, I don't know if that's exactly to the heart of what you're saying, but I think that we have to be able to go out as Christians if we're going to talk to other people, is be open to life. Yeah, you know, having six probably a little harder than having two. But if God wants that for you, what you're gonna experience is you're gonna experience the grace and you're gonna wake up one day and go, I cannot believe that they survived it. I can't believe that we survived <laughs> it. And we're still laughing mm-hmm. and smiling. But that's mm-hmm. that's a witness, right? I mean that's mm-hmm. and and that's we've got to go out and say, you oh, we got through this. Thank God they're out now. You know, I mean not and I hear that with people that have two, you know, like this idea that they've gone through 18 years and man now thank goodness they're off the payroll get them out of here Mm -hmm. and and i don't you know (laughs) that anyway i don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes any sense but i but i think that is connecting that you actually get to experience the truth and the beauty and the goodness that is revealed in the objective truth about about the act Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to piggyback on that with a personal story. I think last time if listeners heard, I talked about my mom and her right before she died and how wonderful she saw a glimpse of heaven. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal with my father. He died August 4th, 2017. So not even a year ago, you know, the last thing he would be doing the last few months of his life, Mm -hmm. I would say, Papa, what are you thinking about? And he would say, I'm thinking about your mama and how she just, love me and the kids so much. I mean, this is a 91-year-old man. And then he starts reciting my brothers and sisters, and me, Titus, Katie, Donnie, Monica, Claire, Tom. He, that's what he would keep doing. This yeah. is what he offered to the world. And we, you know, loving him as well. Like, there's something so beautiful that your whole life is spent for your family and then going outside of the family to help others as well, which, you know, the contraceptive mentality goes against. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Gosh. You say, yeah. No. Did mm. you? I, I mean, I'm I'm starting to get a little nostalgic as a as a, Our kids are about to about to go out. I had a little bit of a moment where I lost my temper with one of my kids because because I got I was. I think my feelings were hurt a little bit because I think he wanted to go spend more time with the with his friends than with with us. But then when we finally calmed down and I pulled everybody back in the room, that my my especially my boy children gave me a hard time. But I started to actually tear up. I go, you know, I love you guys. Well, you of course you love us. And I said, well, yeah, that's exactly the point. I, I love you. I have to love you. If I don't like you, I still have to love you. I actually like you guys. <laughs> so and I said, so I'm gonna miss having y'all around. You know. And as hard as that is to fat you know the six and and the difficulties that we've had and continue to have i mean, I wouldn't trade one second or one moment or one child you know <laughs> for for anything, and I'm so glad that we were open and so grateful to God that he um allowed us to have the children that mm-hmm. we did have um mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, think about what the what the culture then has given us with the sexual revolution. like simply use protection, which is a strange word exactly. Why do you need protecting from someone you're going to be intimate with? <laughs> and then, like how, what our view of as children, like why do we have contraception so that we don't have to have any children? right and, and so so not only, Trey, I want to make this point with regard to the theology of the body because it develops dogma. Not only is uh, you know the church saying, don't have, you know, don't, don't use contraception because you're, you know, you need to be united and open to life. He develops dogma, Pope John Paul develops dogma and says, because you get to experience the other. And in this case, he means the spouse in the sacred bed. And then of course, that that's going to expand with family life. But I just want to um, bring up the fact that you know, the, the you know, good Catholics who are listening to this, mostly they would say, well, why shouldn't you be Why are we glad about humana vitae? Well, because you have to be open to life. You have to be open to union. That is true. But Pope John Paul would just simply say, because of love. As you said, Stephanie, like the gift of self is the meaning of life. And so the conjugal love, which is freeful, faithful, fruitful, a couple doesn't have to think, oh, good, I hope we have a baby by this act. But They just love each other. And de facto, their love is going to be freeful, faithful, and fruitful. It'll be open to that possibility of, of life and, of course, of union. And I, I, I don't know. It, well, I think, some people might say it's a bit dangerous what Pope John Paul gave to us because instead of focusing on the objective truth, he also says, don't you want to experience love? And so what if people stay on the surface and like oh yeah I'm experiencing love all right when I'm contracepting and sleeping right now. It's because they're living on the, the surface of the heart is the way he would say it and not going to the deepest root of the human person.
1: Yeah and what what you're kind of bringing there's uh, I think in talking about how you teach people I think in one of John Paul's other documents he talks about the fact that you have to have this that that really to be effective in 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 teaching and and evangelizing anything is you have to have an understanding of what the truth is so you can kind of hold on to that but that, that that it's not just knowing what's true it's actually experiencing it and that's that coming together in a person communicates to the world the truth goodness and beauty of what god has accomplished in it through christ himself and the gift that he's given us mm-hmm. If that makes sense I mean that that and we know that I mean to be honest, there's plenty of people out there that you know and they're the ones you dislike the most that well, the church says this by God, do that, you know, but then can't mm-hmm. can't explain and don't have a joy about it they're they're pounding you on the head, so to speak i mean i had I had some teachers like that and when I was younger in Catholic school that it was just do it because that's yeah. what well that's not the way the that's yeah. instead of s- selling it. I mean, I hate to use the words instead of evangelizing, getting the word out. And because it's beautiful, because it's what's good. It's because it's what's going to make you joyful and happy uh, in this life and in the next. So anyway.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and it just makes me think about, you know, Trey was so good when we began having children. Because I really came from a very, very strict um, because I said so background and, um, Trey really helped tender that in, in that, you know, what, I mean, we as parents, what do we want? We want to win the heart of our children. God wants our heart. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yes, he makes laws. I mean, there are laws for our safety, just like we as parents in, a, in, you know, in society have laws for our safety. I think it, you know, just all goes back to them, you know, misunderstanding of freedom and, um, you know, uh, but, but to, to, I mean, we want to win our kids hearts. We've always talked about this on this show that you don't want them to obey because they're, they're, they're fearful. I mean, that, that's how, you know, mistaken people think of God that, you know, I'm going to obey him because he's this God that's going to come smoke me, you know? (laughs) Um, and so we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be that example of who God is and, you know, God wants our heart, because we love him, and there is a reason there's a why. Law that says we should.
1: We've always said you, we need to be able to, maybe not in the moment, we can demand obedience from our kids just for that. But, but ultimately, as parents, if we're going to be like God, we're going to explain the reason why. Because the church, Christ, and God Himself through the church is has given us good reasons <laughs> for why this is good for us, not just a from on high, do what I tell you or else, um, attitude. Cause it, the, the fullness of it is beautiful. And that's why, I mean, that's what we're hearing just in our talking about it. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, can <laughs> I, um,
1: you keep, you keep, you keep you
0: Move
3: keep, us in a different. Yes, yes absolutely.
2: Because we are. I mean, we're down to the last fifteen minutes of the show. If you're just is joining us, I know. Can you believe it, yeah, <laughs> Monica? We need about three hours with you. Well, that's why we trying to get you <laughs> on more frequently. But. I know. Indeed, indeed.
0: <laughs> so uh, part of what I also when, I'm, when I ponder Vitae and its gift to us um, is his Pope Paul VI's understanding that if we receive, um, you know, God's truth is kind of what you both were saying, as a gift, then it's going to bring us joy, even though there might be heartaches. Mm-hmm. So um, he doesn't say it exactly that way. In fact, did you know that Pope Benedict, who loves the Church's Teaching, you know, he just said, you know, just a little bit disappointed with Humanity Day. And I think the reason why he said that was not because Paul VI stayed true to the teachings of the Church, but his disappointment was in the articulation where it sounds just too philosophical, and kind of what you just said, Trey, like, just from on high, obey it, and that's it. And so what the theology of the body does is it takes this um, philosophy, this, you know, talking about you know the, the, the truth of marital love— And then Pope John Paul writes things like this. This is TOB 13.4. He says, creation constitutes the fundamental and original gift. Man appears in creation as one who has received the world as a gift. And so what what I take that to, to mean is when our disposition is one of receptivity, is one of gratitude and thank you, God, then when we look around, like, of course we're not going to contracept. Of course we're not going to sterilize. Of course we're going to try not to use others. Why? Because those things basically say, I will not submit to you, God. And the wonderful Mm -hmm. twist on the word submission in the theology of the body is Pope John Paul says, submission means to experience love. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's almost a direct quote. Mm -hmm. To experience love. And so when we submit to god's law of life then it's like an inheritance and that's the last chapter of the theology of the body he gave them the law of life as their inheritance and so to you know receive god's law of life and in this case it would be the woman's cycle her body and then the man's body and the coming together in the one flesh union to you know submit to that and see the other person as a gift Then we're living out another thing that Pope John Paul says in that TOB 27 is um, that original innocence is full acceptance of the body. And then he says the body reveals the whole person. So that means when the married couple sees each other's body as a sacrament, that is a visible sign of revealing the whole person, then they're going to receive them as gifts rather than let me have a protection against you. (laughs) And so, wow, you know, it's just, and so wonderful that Pope John Paul, like, although it's really hard to read the body truthfully, which is why I'm glad we have Tobit and people like y'all to kind of translate it. It is dense and philosophical, but some of his work is so beautiful about um, experiencing love and, and receiving the other human being as a gift. And, um, you and, that, know, that, and that's that, that the giving and receiving is perfect for humana vitae.
1: Right, and I think that's I think that's so critical in, in terms of of you know this world says we need to you need to take or you need to protect yourself or push away, and it's all it, we're meant to be in communion with one another. We're meant that's what we're meant to be, and the way that's supposed to happen is to give ourselves away. So we don't not just in sexuality. We always say, look, I mean, what gifts do you have? God's getting you know, to our kids. We talk about the idea that you have something to give to this world that this world needs that 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 is uniquely and unrepeatably yours. And we'll that's part of God's Esters. plan. You know, right. <laughs> and you're you're here for a time such as this. Don't necessarily know what those are, but as a parent, I think we've talked about the fact that you need to help them say, hey, this is a gift of yours. <laughs> you know, this is something that 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 God might want you to share with the world, whatever it is. Um but that's but but that idea—that's another way you can teach the idea of of gift. That we're meant to—it's f- not what I get for for you know in exchange. It's it's more this idea I'm going to give myself away in this life, and that actually mm-hmm. f- its fullness is uh, is in through marital love and the marital act. But but I think it extends beyond that to just mm-hmm. h- how they go out into the world and see themselves as having something that God has given them, th- th- mm-hmm. themselves, but certainly other things that come along with themselves, their gifts, their talents, whatever. That they need Absolutely. To do that. Otherwise,
0: people like me, yeah, I'm single. Otherwise, then I can't live out the theology body. No. Like, right. you're receiving my gift. You, you and Stephanie are receiving my gift by exactly. allowing my expertise to, to come about. And so I'm so glad that you, you said that, Trey. Yeah. Um, I, can I read this one? Yes, please. Uh, do. Quote because I wanted to mention the word concup- um, yeah, concupiscence, which is the tendency to sin. And so Pope John Paul says, where the powers of concupiscence tend to detach the language of the body from the truth that is to falsify it, the power of love as opposed to conc- concupiscence by contrast strengthens it ever anew in that truth. And so let me translate that big passage by a story um, one time, this man, he said, Monica, I'm sure you don't like it going around and telling young people, especially who are engaged, that contraception is, you know, harmful to them. And he said this, I had no idea until my, uh, my wife and I stopped contracepting that I was lusting after her. Mm-hmm. You know, another man just said the ghost of contraception still haunts our marriage. Another woman was like, oh, yeah, we, we just thought we had too many kids. So we started contracepting But we could tell the difference.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, this is not just a heady thing in the sky that Trey and I like. It's like you, Stephanie. It's <laughs> it's, it's the down to earth, you know, stories of real people, yeah. real people who, yes, it's, it's a struggle, and there has to be self mastery and reverence is what um, Pope John Paul focuses on um, in in order for you know them to experience the, the truth of love. So, I, I want to say in the, the remaining time, can we also talk about um, the proper natural family planning, so people don't think, "Oh well, I guess I just have to have tons and tons of children." Right. Do right. you two yes. want to speak to that? And then I have um, one thing I'd like to say about it too.
1: Well, no, I mean, I think I think that that's again, understanding um, understanding natural family planning for what it is. You know, it's not it's not Catholic contraception. It's 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 taking seriously the fact that God made bodies a certain way and that a woman is only fertile a certain period of time and so we can work within the context God didn't intend for every act to result in a in a another person just for us to be mm-hmm. open to it and i and i think that that's and that we're working in the context of that but also it it does particularly i mean we're we're you know we're it we're just we're older <laughs> But, but, but it does, but it does, Ah, it does, it does, it does, it does also point us to that we need to have a relationship that is more than just that, that that is a specific part of the intimacy between us, but, but that we should be open to the times we, we're not, if we, if we've Deemed that God is saying we need to we need to for whatever reasons prudentially say we're not going to we need to spend time together and and enjoy being with other, each other in other ways in other ways mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you have a actually a more well-rounded relationship I mean I, I think mm-hmm. so the whole, again it's if you take it as gift and you say okay I'm going to I'm going to trust that this is what's good for me and you look at it and then you come out on the other side like we have it has been that. I mean, mm-hmm. I you know I don't like my kids. I actually like my wife too, <laughs> but but I think part of it is is with we, what we've been through, and it's not just that type of relationship. It's not just mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and so as we've gotten older, it's like we enjoy being with each other. Um, mm-hmm. But we had some practice at that at times mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that makes any sense absolutely mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah yeah and Stephanie, I've, I've heard like especially women like oh my gosh thank goodness we're not contracepting because he needs to learn to love me in a different way oh
2: absolutely that's i was going to say as he was talking about that the beauty to me with the natural family planning is it becomes a prayerful um uh, couple decision it's not you know a woman you know popping a pill that's harmful for her body or you know, um, uh, uh, you know, some kind of device, uh, you, you know, I, I mean, it becomes, um, communication, you know, um, it just, it, it, it again, it, it allows for the fullness of your marriage <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not just, it's not just an act. I mean, it's, a, it, you know, and it's the cool a thing is, is when you gift. become
1: aware, of the man, if, if he takes seriously, becomes aware of what the, the woman's going through. And, and then when you're saying, Hey, we feel like God may be calling us to have a child, and, and so that the act becomes connected with something mm-hmm. greater, and there's a level of excitement like maybe this, maybe a child will come from this. And, and <laughs> we've actually had experience where I can point to, I, I remember, you know, that and the child and how exciting it was when, when it did happen. You know, for multiple. Uh-huh. we were told we weren't going to have kids or we weren't going to be able to have uh-huh. kids. Oh, my not. gosh. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So Pope uh, Paul VI in Humanae Vitae, it's, it's Humanae Vitae at 16. He calls it responsible parenthood about the number and spacing of children. And he gives couples like a clue, like there might be physical, psychological, economic or social reasons to either conceive a child or not conceive a child. Mm-hmm. And so mostly, you know, most people, um, you know, go through some sort of like, okay, it's probably not prudent to conceive a child now. But I just want to let people know that, I mean, even that is in Humanae Vitae. And then Pope John Paul, you know, would, would speak in, in TOB 121 more about like, and the the good of this, especially he says for the man, the husband to have self-mastery and let love flourish when it's it's time not to come together. But when they do come together... Um the as you said, Stephanie, they're still open. So freeful, faithful, and fruitful is still this complete act. Another way of saying it is the woman doesn't have her fertility to give at that moment. So it's very different from contraception where it's it's breaking God's law as opposed to, you know, still giving on all that she has and receiving all from from her husband. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah I, it's, I just like I said it really has, I mean, especially coming out we're you know Fifty three. Well, I'm, I'm fifty three. Stephanie's thirty, I think. But 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 I, I, I just look on the other side. I'm like, man. I mean, talk to young people. I said, you know, be open. God's going to provide. Is there are there struggles? Yes, but I mean, the children are a blessing, and they change you for the better mm-hmm. with all the struggles. It's all worth it. I told a young mother yesterday. I said enjoy every moment, cherish every moment that, that, that is, there's nothing more, nothing at work, nothing, none of your plan, nothing that can compare to just receiving the gift and living that way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know we're coming. Yeah.
2: To- we have a minute and 20. Is there something that you would like to end with before I go to our memory verse? Monica?
0: Sure. Yeah. I'd like your listeners to a hail mary because it is so hard to write these seventh and eighth grade books. Oh, wow. We're getting very close. We're getting imprimatur and Neil obstat from Archbishop Aquila in Denver for the other ones, wow. but we're we're struggling with his last ones because we're getting into some yeah. sensitive issues, wow. uh, and you know with okay. the culture, it just has to be done in a precise way. Yes. But I'm pretty excited about we'll have one book per grade done by August, and then the other, the second book per grade by December, and I would just invite them. It's Tobit.org, T-O-B-E-T.org, to um, look us up and let people know about The Body Matters, and um, pray for us.
2: Oh, absolutely. 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 And so our memory verse today is from Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Matthew 5, 8. Thank you so much, Monica, for being with us.
1: Yes, yeah, stay on the line for after. A bit. Yes, we'll
2: remember only God can You're help welcome. you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And God you bless. Will. Remember to pray for us. We're praying for you and pray for Tobit.
1: God bless. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.